this week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure. LSEG stock route as the refinitive reality bites, while the long arm of the American law haunts the Turkish exchange boss all the way to regulation. Over in China, regulators are proposing star reform. Meanwhile, the once unthinkable thought is being given credence. Could the Chicago Mercantile Exchange lose its Eurodollar luster as the benchmark switches away from LIBOR? My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 85. London Stock Exchange's shares were spooked by the costs from Refinitiv this week. Thus, we saw the first chink in the armour of the London Stock Exchange Group's reckless deal to buy Refinitiv. Not only has Borsa Italiana been carved out of the core market's business, but now, hashtag zero shock, integration may not be going as smoothly as once predicted. Given the deal only closed weeks ago, the rapid realisation is at least welcome. The fact that nobody could foresee this within the LSEG C-suite is damning. Then again, we know LSEG has little real confidence to sell the deal, as their groundbreaking insights have to date been mostly softball interviews with the likes of the Daily Mail. The Mail's traditional approach to the London Stock Exchange is usually so craven that it makes a certain Oprah Winfrey interview look positively hardcore. Meanwhile, encouraging news from the Bucharest Stock Exchange. They estimate they're going to get 20 more bond and share issues this year. That's good news for the generally historically beleaguered Romanian Stock Exchange. They've already attracted three new shares and two bonds so far. At the same time, the world leader, the Hong Kong Exchange, they reckon their number of IPOs could surpass last year's total. And indeed, the former Hong Kong Exchange's CEO, Charles Lee, has been making some interesting remarks. He's also a member of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, and he suggested the creation of a drip irrigation connect, which could be used to link sources of global capital and solve the financing problems of tens of thousands of Chinese SMEs. Over in southeastern Europe once again, The Zagreb Bourse have signed a cooperation agreement with their Skopje counterpart, the Macedonian Exchange. Great news as the Skopje Bourse announced their turnover had more than doubled month on month in February. The primary aim of the agreement with Zagreb is to improve the expertise and professional development of participants in the local capital market through seminars delivered by the Zagreb Stock Exchange Academy. Interesting shareholder news this week. A Dubai-based Indian tycoon, Siddharth Balachandran, who is the executive chairman and CEO of Bulmark Corporation Limited, has boosted his stake to 2.58% of the total capital of the Bombay Stock Exchange Limited. In London, LME traders, they fear for the silencing of the ring. There's a pushback emerging amongst those who claim the London Metals Exchange risks shifting away from its core role as the price setter of the physical metals market. Nigerian news, 
fabulous confirmation coming this week. The Nigerian Securities and Exchange Commission and the Nigerian Corporate Affairs Commission have approved the demutualization of the Nigerian Stock Exchange. They've moved a crucial step closer to their IPO. NASDAQ brought a little joy to the world of entrepreneurship this week. The NASDAQ Foundation's grant program is engaging more communities in markets and entrepreneurship across the United States of America. I love it. There's always a charitable impulse amongst great businesses to give back, but I always wonder if saving the lesser-spotted green-eared wombat or something to that effect is the best use of funds, where we can deploy something which helps our universe to use our own skills. NASDAQ powering entrepreneurship is a great signal of faith in markets and the market economy, and their power to advance anybody anywhere on earth to greater prosperity is a great sign, a wonderful harbinger of a better world to come, thanks to NASDAQ. Over in the Philippines, spilt privileges in Manila, the Philippine Stock Exchange are planning to allow companies to debut on their bourse by offering preferred shares. The Chinese, they're weighing tighter rules for the Starboard's IPOs, curbing fintech. China is considering adjusting the investment threshold for Shanghai's tech-focused star market to boost liquidity. The new proposal may indeed add further difficulties for Ant to revive their listing plans. The Chinese Securities Regulatory Commission may introduce revised rules as soon as next month, placing greater emphasis on hardcore technology and innovation. There's also going to be increased scrutiny on financial health to boost the quality of companies and protect investors. In Brexit news this week, well, one city minister, John Glenn, he was saying that Britain will do the right thing for the City of London. And if you want a dose of the right stuff, ladies and gentlemen, then check out IPO-vid. You can find all the recordings on YouTube. That's youtube.com. Search for IPO-vid. Our most recent episode was a Brexit classic. Daniel Hodson, the chairman of the City United Project, outlining a wonderful, exciting and intriguing future for not just the City of London, but also all those other financial centres and financial players in the orbit of the world's largest, most historic global financial centre. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up, or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. Results this week, one set of results, Broker TP ICAP. The company's adjusted pre-tax profit fell 3%. The dividend has been halved, temporarily they say, although I feel it sounds rather like Britain's imposition of a temporary 70 mile an hour speed limit for motorways for three months in 1965. Things we can rely on in a volatile 2021, the verb disappoints is symbiotic with, if not quite yet a synonym for, the brand of TPI cap. Remarkably, the stock has been stubbornly just under 250 pence the last time I looked, which is vastly in excess of fair value given the incapable management and its complicit board members, who instead of trying to make the core function, have doubled down on the liquid net suicide bid. Their only consistency remains, well, disappointment, which is now a staple of the financial statements. However, at 250 pence, TPI cap is surely way too pricey for a PE bidder to acquire and knock sense into this ongoing anomaly of management ability.
The only regularity about the TPI cap management are the consistent disappointments. Here were the results to disappoint on top of the predictive outlook, which was disappointing. For those who reckon the average TPI cap broker's vocabulary never reached the end of the alphabet in Sesame Street episodes, it appears the management can't move beyond the letter D. Deals this week, as I mentioned before, cleared for takeoff to IPO with the Nigerian Stock Exchange as one approval for its public listing. Elsewhere, in the private markets, Ion Capital, Andrea Pignataro's Dublin-based vendor, has teamed up with the GIC, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Singapore, to try to bid $2.2 billion for Italy's Cherved. Elsewhere, the Indian Exchange, IEX, that's the Indian Energy Exchange, their shares jumped up after they sold a couple of stakes in their budding Indian Gas Exchange. 26% in total was sold to NSE, the National Stock Exchange, and 5% to the ONGC this week. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for something to read, depending on where you are in lockdown at the moment, then check out Victory or Death, my book on the future of blockchain, fintech, and finance as a whole. Available from Amazon and all good retailers, Victory or Death is published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. In crypto news this week, one other exciting IPO. Coinbase is said to be valued at $90 billion after recent private transactions on the Nasdaq private market. Elsewhere, Goldman's, their digital asset lead, reckons there are going to be mergers ahead for crypto infrastructure providers. Now, the crypto exchange Coinbase's shares have been privately trading at $350 each. Thus, we see a $90 billion overall market capitalization being imputed. Direct listing is coming this month and set to be a big first for NASDAQ. Frankly, the valuation is one which I doubt can be sustained. The idea that Coinbase is worth more than either the Hong Kong exchange or pretty much it's worth almost the value of the Deutsche Börse plus the Chicago Mercantile Exchange is, in my view, entirely unsustainable. Unsustainable is a polite way of perhaps spelling long-term ludicrous when it comes to valuation. Jared Dillian in a Bloomberg column explained the issues elegantly this week. In the headline, Coinbase is a $100 billion crypto cult. Now we have Goldman Sachs prophesying a round of highly valued acquisitions of companies which likely won't survive the next stage, which is to reduce crypto commissions from their eye-wateringly unacceptable in the digital age levels to a point where the legacy providers already are with their old line legacy trading settlement approaches. I'm old enough to remember when the USP of the new new thing in finance was how cheaper it was than the old way of doing things. This is manifestly untrue of cryptocurrency trading and sooner or later will impact the values of all cryptocurrency markets very, very much detrimentally. Product news this week. As Matt Levine puts it, LIBOR is going away for real. Elsewhere, we had stories about the Chicago Mercantile Exchange looking to life after euro dollars. As Matt Levine notes, LIBOR is cancelled. I guess they were serious. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange, meanwhile, as I would note, was and has been a dominant force in US dollar listed derivatives for many years. Yet, it's soon going to see the end of its all-conquering euro-dollar futures contract. And it has to be said, CME have done an almost majestic, mellifluous job in encouraging competitors to think the unthinkable and seek to strike as euro-dollars give way to a SOFR-backed new era contract. 
CME management inaction on contract modernization across the board, coupled with an inability to capitalize on many of their previously deemed untouchable franchises, which have been just not gaining shares in commodity trading. And of course, then there was the ignominy of the Cushing crisis. That's all inferring that the C-suite is absent management process. It might still amount to windmill tilting, given the dominance of Eurodollars as a futures contract, but it's no done deal. And that lady, who might yet provoke some weightest complaint, is not warming up yet. The CME's Eurodollar franchise is at risk, as LIBOR enters its final chapter. Technology news this week? Well, one exchange had a really, really bad technological week, but it wasn't directly an exchange of the parish. Rather, Microsoft Exchange was ripped asunder by a lot of hacking, which was explained by the IT security media thus. Four zero-day vulnerabilities in Microsoft Exchange Server are being actively exploited by a state-sponsored threat group from China. And that not only impeded the European Banking Authority, but also sent shockwaves through the parish of organized markets themselves. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at US$200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. One spot of crowdfunding news this week, Cedars, one of the UK's leading platforms, they've opened their secondary market. Elsewhere in regulation, GARP, the Global Association of Risk Professionals, noted this week that regulation itself is rising on the risk radar. While focused on the pandemic and other immediate matters, risk managers are anticipating permanent and longer-term regulatory trends, they noticed. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Lest you missed it, big government is back and operated by a new, even more smug generation than before. That's a huge regulatory risk potential. Career pass this week in People News, the legacy of Berat Albayrak, President Erdogan's son-in-law as finance minister of Turkey, has unraveled a little in the last week in the HR department as the head of the Sovereign Wealth Fund resigned and indeed then the chief executive of the Stock Exchange had already resigned in short order. A presidential edict has seen Arda Ermut named CEO of the Turkey Wealth Fund, replacing Zafir Sonmez. However, the controversial choice of former US inmate Hakan Attila, who served 32 months for Iranian sanctions busting in the USA, always looked a tad quixotic when he was appointed as Borsa Istanbul's CEO. Hakan Attila's position appears to have been rendered untenable when Halkbank found itself back again in the US prosecutorial spotlight recently. Turkey's state-controlled exchange monopoly still hopes to IPO next year. Over at Nasdaq, great news. The new senior vice president and chief marketing officer is Brian Buckley. All the very best to Brian. An excellent choice for this Nasdaq role. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, only eight years later, and we have some element of relief. The first payments have been ordered by the Bombay High Court to some 6,445 investors, amongst those caught up in the 2013 National Spot Exchange fiasco. 
And on that magnificent and mysterious note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thanks for listening. Catch us daily in the Exchange Invest newsletter. Have a great week in markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.